Say What? Say What Radio Show. With no agenda, it's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to Say What on September 16th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard and Mona Radler. And I hope everybody out there in listening land is doing well. Um, Dolly, are you back? No, she's not yet. Okay. Oh, she's still listening? (laughs) If I could get my cursor to get on the mute thing. I mean, I I never left. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm looking at the list. That's why I'm so discombobulated. Ah, but you're doing all right. Yeah, just tired, like you said. I cannot, I cannot get untired. I get up early, but I go to bed like five thirty sometimes. Oh, Nancy's also the Nancy's also exhausted. Yeah, I, I wonder think she- if there's something in the atmosphere that is going on. Change of energy. Hi, De- I, well, let's just say hi to Walt. Walt, you want to say hi to the audience? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to this show of uh, Say What? This fine Saturday. And uh, we have a lot to talk about, so I'm not, I'm sure we'll have fun. Did we say hi to Mona? Hi, Mona. Hi, Dolly. <laughs> Mona, you want to say hi to the audience? <laughs> All right, y'all. Get your pencils and papers out. Time to take notes. <laughs> Actually, I do have to take notes because I, as soon as we hang up, I forget what we talked about. <laughs> what did we talk about? Uh, so, um, yes, we have. Well, the, the, in the song or in the in the introduction, we say we don't have any agenda. Well, today we sort of have an agenda because. Last week, I guess, uh, Mona sent uh, a link about clones to us, and Dolly definitely wanted to wait until Mona was here so we could talk about it. So we've got that. We also have another uh, clip from Adi Avedisian, and that one is, well, we're going to talk about it, but that one is uh, goes into an area of, let's say, physical, this metaphysical philosophy, you know, that I found very, very, it just kept coming back to my my mind all, you know, since Wednesday when she did it. So we do have an agenda here today. Um, but Dolly, you've got a list. Do you want to look at your list and see if there's something you wanted to, is there, or anybody off the top of their head? I mean, Jan gave us a lot of stuff to talk about. I didn't gather a lot of stuff because Jan sent that that good video, and uh, you sent two of them last night. I listened to the one clone one that went pretty much along with what Jan said. I what did Jan say? Jan sent a, a thing on clones? Oh, I sent it to you via email. I thought that was Mona. 
Well. What is happening? I don't know. <laughs> Mona, are you all right? Yeah, there's nothing going on here. Huh. That was weird. That was weird. Yeah, it sounded like some copy machine or something. That was my printer. Like a vacuum. Oh, that it was his printer. So. I was just printing a page. Well, for God's sakes, when I say what's happening there, you could have said I'm printing something. I don't know. I, I didn't know you were hearing a printer. I don't know. Hearing a printer? Yeah, we were hearing something. It sounded <laughs> right. It sounded like coffee beans being <laughs> chewed up. Wow. Uh, you got the hearing of a bat. I well, don't think so because it sounded pretty loud to me and I'm deaf. <laughs> <laughs> kind of interesting that Jan would send one like, because I know I sent one too. I send I, them I, through I, Skype though. I don't send them through, or did I send it through email? I just know you'd be interested, so that's why I sent it. Well, I got the one that I think is the one that Mona sent, but who knows? <laughs> and that's the one I want to I wanna talk about, the one Mona sent. Oh, okay. All right, good, good. And hopefully I've got the right recording. Clone, cloned, so you want the one that says, warning, clone humans from underground bases of Illuminati. Unreal people of the Matrix. From the channel called uh, Truth Can Change. And it stops right there. That's the one that you're talking about, right? That's the one I'm talking about. One okay. of them, yeah. Okay. So do you want me to just play it? It's 11 minutes. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. All right, here we go. The human race has had our DNA manipulated, altered, and split in two to change our entire species' genetic makeup. Clones are a genetic creation that run on an artificial program, artificial intelligence. Clones, because of their genetically modified makeup, will suffer serious health conditions and neurological problems that eventually ends them. This is what I believe has happened to the Greys. I believe they found out that you cannot mesh a biological form with artificial intelligence and thrive. The only outcome is destruction. The high-level science of genetics on planet Earth, meaning the dark forces working in their underground labs or dumps, are and have been doing some extremely highly advanced cloning of our race for thousands of years. This very sinister program genetically modifies the human to work on a completely artificial frequency based solely on artificial intelligence. Very dangerous. This dark forces has been manufacturing clones of all sorts of people, politicians and celebrities, anyone who can be useful to replace and fulfill the agenda they want. These clones are controlled by a central AI that works with a transmitter that receives information through a chip, which is neurologically connected to their brain. This central AI controls these clones equally like as in a hive mind, which I've talked about before. These clones have memories and reactions downloaded into them based on the original person who they are cloning, meaning they study the original person whose mental profile they have downloaded into an advanced supercomputer 
and is implanted in their clone as a program. Hillary Clinton, Obama. These clones work through an AI signal. When the internal program in these clones do not give, let's say, the correct answer or the desired reaction, it can be accessed through that signal from a central AI computer. Although these clones do learn new things over time from experiences, but it's of a very limited nature. The signal that controls these clones is transmitted by the cell phone network and other high energy transmitters that are placed at key points around the world. The signal is accessed and controlled by a supercomputer called Red Queen. There are other independently nodes, as they call them, around the world. But these subordinate nodes are always coordinated by the Red Queen or Central. This AI of the Red Queen works independently, making its own decisions and acting without any control of a human being. This Red Queen has not only the clones under its control, but also extremely high-tech war robots manufactured an unmanned drone aircraft, which is strongly armed. The Red Queen can also take control over any modern computerized vehicle, such as a car, airplane, ship, or submarine. These clones can be manufactured to be exactly the same as the original and can be modified according to their needs. These clones are not perfect and are plagued with problems. They can also make an artificial person that does not represent any real human and that creation is made with the manufacturer's specifications according to their purpose and the task they will perform. These clones are high-level people, leaders of large companies, celebrities, politicians. When these clones are being harassed and suffering ridicule at the hands of an irate population. Usually the original has already had the opportunity to flee. False flags and attacks are where clones are used. Clones also being created on a large scale to be used in satanic rituals to their archon gods. Celebrities, men and women also are cloned equally and sold to the elites as the slaves and entertainment toys. These clones vary widely in pricing according to the perfection. Many of these clones sold for elites of the dark forces. Most of these clones are based on real people and they retain part of their personalities, but they are downloaded with an extra program to make them more complacent. These clones tend to have serious neurological problems. The longer the gestation period, meaning the length of time given in their formation, the greater the total stability of the clones will be, which increases its price. The cheaper ones will only work well for a couple weeks. These cheap clones are the ones used in suicide missions and are often disposable for a single use. They have a very limited lifetime. The most expensive clones are those that take three to five months to be formed. The clones that are prices vary between $20,000 and $50,000. Hence, rising in price according to specifications, 
the most expensive ones exceed a half million dollars. All are available only to the elites and the public remains completely ignorant of this issue. Most of the public does have knowledge of cloning animals, etc., but they are kept in the dark of how advanced this cloning process really is. If the original person does not obey the dark forces, wishes, and revolts against them, they will use their cloning creating a remote to torture situation that the original person will perceive and suffer greatly. But the clone is tortured instead of the original, all through AI signal. The creation of the clones in our current human society is very large and extensive, and it's progressively increasing and reaching levels of invasion. These clones are part of what they call unreal people of the matrix. These clones are progressively leaking into the entire human society from the highest rungs down little by little as a silent invasion. This is the scary part for an everyday human. Today, any person in the public can be abducted by the dark forces in a traditional kidnapping or by a high-tech ship in the service of the dark forces generally of the triangular type. If this person is of interest to them and being very influential to the masses, they will be cloned and eventually replaced by their clone. In many cases, only the people closest to that clone person will realize something strange has happened to them. So much of society is ignorant to the level of the cloning of the human race, really is. This artificial creation of the human race is infiltrating all levels of society throughout the world. This invasion of artificial intelligence has a purpose for total planetary assimilation. Look what they're trying to do to the human race as far as programming us to be obedient little robots. It's all for the purpose of control. This invasion of AI is not of terrestrial origin and operates independently and does not need any operator or programmer. It has already achieved independence and the ability to be self-conscious, but lacks all empathy and is only interested in absolute power and control overall. We've all heard of the implementation of the chip to everyday human beings. They tell you it will make things easier and try to sell it as convenience. But what few people don't know is it's all to control your consciousness and behavior. This chip will manipulate your emotions and behavior with a signal received through that chip by a cellular frequency which affects the brain. This signal or frequency can also send a secretion of psychotropic substances or nanobots into your bloodstream, making you obey this external controller. Besides manipulating the behavior of a specific individual, this signal can send a frequency to cause a disease such as cancer and even death. Refuse the chip at all costs. Modern smartphones are also being used for the purpose of the manipulation of behavior in the population. By emitting specific frequencies, 
that match the brainwaves of those within the radius of that frequency being sent. It causes changes to your behavior, moods, and neurological problems such as epilepsies and seizures. Keep them away from you as much as you can. Believe me, that's easier said than done. Specific frequencies are designed to affect the cerebral cortex in our brains. This technology is already being used on a large scale transmitted from the towers. This technology is also being used on the battlefield. This use of weaponized frequency can modify the behavior of the enemy. It causes feelings of terror and it implants ideas that they will take on as their own. It also causes them to feel doubt. Keep your frequency as high as possible to keep these negative events caused by negative frequencies from altering your experiences. These elites want to alter your consciousness through frequency. So by keeping a high vibration, a high state of awareness is your best bet by Terry Wade. Okay, <clears throat> so what are you thinking, Dolly? Oh, um, I'm thinking I've been seeing these things for several years now, and I'm glad that there is some proof out there that I'm not completely freaking nuts. <laughs> so I was so tickled when. When Mona sent the one she sent, um, and then I heard the one you did last night, Nancy, and they they are pretty much alike in what they're saying. This has been going on for a long time, and I didn't know that a lot of what he said. These clones are made in different price packages. Um, the ones that are twenty to fifty thousand dollars take, I think you said, three months to make, and they last a longer time than the cheaper ones. They have cheap ones that'll last a couple weeks, and and then they go in the price and the quality of the clone goes up with price. Um, I think it was Mona's one that said that. Oh no, where'd my thought go? That there's an endless amount of clones now that we don't, they are hoping we don't recognize as being clones. And they have pretty much replaced uh, the government with the clones and the actors and um, politicians and actors and even everyday people. I said, even every, I can't remember why the everyday people, but they've done that. Because they're expendable. I don't well, what, are, what are they oh, called? Yeah, that, that aren't uh, valuable. Characters aren't they? Characters, come on. We talk about that. That 
there's characters out there that play a part, and that's all they play is that part. The background right. people. Thank you, yes. So they've been building a lot of background people for a while, I guess, huh? Yeah. Heck of it. So you, you, if you don't pay attention, you don't know what you're looking at sometimes. It makes you wonder where they get the mentality or the mental fortitude that these things carry around with them. Yeah. And, and when I was listening, they, uh, everything they said is what they have shown us in Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. Terminator. Right. What they said is what Terminator has showed us from the freaking beginning. Well, from the Terminator beginning. Um, they were doing clones far before they did the Terminators. Didn't Tom Hanks actually do a movie that he was a clone? Way back when? If I'm not mistaken. Ooh, I don't know, Mona. I didn't like him, so I didn't watch his show. Uh-huh. I think you were thinking of the movie, which is a remake, uh, which is called The Island, where there was this island, and there's all these people being educated and trained, and they don't realize that all of those people, they're all clones of somebody who's actually alive. No, I've seen that. Oh, Not you've seen that? Okay. Yeah, no, there was a one movie where I think it was Tom Hanks, that was cloned over and over again, and he, he actually was with his own clones at the same time. Strange. No, I think that was Swatch, Swatch, Arnold. Schwarzenegger? No, I don't think yes. it was. Well, I, I, know that, I know that he did one like that, because he was this husband type of thing, and then he meets this crazy ass. Yeah, when he goes to Mars. Yes, it ends uh-huh. up goes to yeah, Mars. Well, that's yes. a different story. There was only two of them in that one. The one I'm talking about, there was multiples. Uh, anyway, I, I just don't remember names like that. Because well, the, the other film that has multiple clones is the one with uh, uh, this, this actor. Uh, uh, his last name is Rockwell, Sam Rockwell. He plays multiple clones because he's working, he's stationed in the on the moon and in the moon he's, he's supposed to maintain these uh, machines which actually travel through the landscape picking up the moon dust and processing it because th- they use it on earth to uh, generate energy that they, they pr- make something with that dust and uh, he's the only one there in charge and um, for some inexplicable reason uh he Gets repla- he gets replaced every so often. He he, like they turn it off or something, and then he wakes up and there's another one. And it, it looks like it's the same person, but it's not. It's a it's, it's a repeat. The original is actually on Earth, and it's already in his late sixties. <laughs> so it it was really quite elaborate. So in the movie ends, he finally escapes the moon and he goes back to Earth. And he's uh, recognized as a legal clone, so he gets citizen status. I remember that 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 film, but I don't know if that's the one you're you're thinking of. 
No, I'm looking at multiplicity. And it's not Tom Hanks. It's he looks like almost like Tom Hanks. But this is the guy. I'll put it in chat. Oh. So I did find it. Well, they certainly have been using, they've been using a lot of movies to try to make us wake up to the fact that there's all this cloning fiction. You know, in 96, though. And isn't it ironic with all that cloning that you would find a you would find a decent girlfriend or decent boyfriend and and nothing, nothing. You know, all this cloning uh, going up sky high. Still no, no, nothing. (laughs) Well, that's because you wouldn't want a clone. (laughs) How would you want a clone? But, you know, when we talk about this, I keep seeing I get two flashbacks, right? And they're both of, of, of Clinton. And oh, this is a comedy. Yeah, I, I saw this one. Yeah. When when she left the 9-11 event and had that collapse as she was getting in the car. And then it was only a few weeks before this. This was in 2016 when she was running. A few weeks before that, she was in a crowd. And they were all around her talking to her and her head started bobbing around like she was losing it. And she just got this wild look in her eye. And you need two people to hold her up. Yeah. And it was like those two episodes. I'm wondering, is that a clone breakdown? You know, was she well, a clone back in 2016? The same way with O'Connell now. You oh, know how he I know, all yeah. of a sudden he just he just stands there. And stares. I'm thinking his clone is is malfunctioning drastically. I've never known of a human being to do that. Have you? Nope. I mean, you worked with the elderly. The elderly were real. (laughs) Real. Yeah. But you never saw anybody go into that boog. I mean, it's just like he blanks out. His eyes you know completely go dead in his head it's weirder than hell and it seems like the people around him may have seen more than what we've seen because they don't seem to be extremely upset about it they don't get excited at all (laughs) maybe they're clones (laughs) (laughs) I bet you anything these clones were were made in China Uh, they're made in dumbs I can't remember if it was Mona's video or the one we just listened to, but they're made in dumbs. And I'm thinking that's part of the reason that they were, that the white hats are blowing the dumbs up, getting rid of them. Well, there was a story about them blowing up a a clone facility a while back. I mean, Why do you have to live in such an artificial state of means is beyond me. And then the overpopulation bullshit. I mean, quit making this stupid clowns. We wouldn't be overpopulated. Some of these clones are made for what we would anticipate or think sort of the pleasurement or enjoyment right, of so the elite. Right. Yeah. Well, all I know, all I know for sure is that this new version of Pelosi doesn't look anything like her. I know, Juice. Oh my God, she looks 
20 years younger. At least 20 years younger. Yeah, I'm, that's not her. No. Uh, I don't, see, I don't think that's, well, maybe it's a clone. Maybe they, they can do them younger than, you know, when they take them out. But um, I, it, it, it's freaky. I mean, it's freaky because I was I, when I first got introduced to it, as a matter of fact, I actually took a picture of the television because it was a, a, an interview she did with NBC or something. And they were asking her about the vice president. You know, did she think that he she he, that Harris was going to run with Biden? And Pelosi said, "Well, he likes her." <clears throat> and I forget who was talking to her, but they kind of pushed her on it. And uh, you know, she said something to the effect of, "Oh, we have all these people saying she hasn't done anything." She's the vice president of the United States. They don't do anything. <laughs> you know, but she looked That's 20 years. their job to do nothing. Yeah. She looked 20 years younger. And this was the Fox 5. Okay. And none of them commented on how different she looked, which I found to be fascinating. Because <clears throat> these people will take you apart because your hair is messed up. Mm-hmm. They have no hesitation in poking fun at people that have a, you know, a strange physical, something's wrong here. But they they didn't pick up on it. And then I heard or, it again. Or they picked up on it and were told they couldn't say anything. I didn't get that feeling, Dolly. Oh. Uh, there was a weird co- uh, conversation that w- went on one day. It was, uh, uh, what's her name, Jessica, the one oh. we don't like, the yeah. Democrat. And she was saying something about the vaccines and that there was no side effects. And the judge went into, uh, I, I swear, it was like I thought she was having a fit. And, the, and but she was completely silent. It was just her, just the way that she moved. And Gutfeld said to her, are you going to comment? And she looked at him and she said, this is your show. This is your your segment. And so he just took over and, you know, but it was like she couldn't, she, she knew that if she went after Jessica about the side effects, that she was stepping into a subject that they're not supposed to talk about. It was a very strange exchange. So... Well- well, that Jessica, I think she's getting whatever's with her. She's getting worse. Um, and I think that the rest of them have been told uh, that, that they can't really fight her on it too much anymore. They can only go so far. And then they have to pull themselves back, back and stop uh, going against what Jessica says. Jessica is an interesting character in that when she was first on, she was, oh, I hated her voice. I I would mute her. Every time she started talking, I would mute her. And then she got pregnant. And she's got a soft side to her. And she began to talk sense. And she began to talk more like a Republican than a Democrat. Remember, we commented on it. Yep. You know, and 
Yeah, and then she had the baby, and now she's back to being this stupid. She 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 says more, let's say fallacies, which I could call lies, but I think that she doesn't know she's lying. Mm-hmm. Fallacies in the information than anybody I've I've watched on television, um, <clears throat> because of the way she delivers it. Um, oh well, I have this this piece of paper that says this. You know, you got other ones out there that are just screaming lies. Absolute. There's no, and, and you know, it's like I've I've watched some of the hosts look at each other, going like, "Are we gonna Are we gonna spend the time correcting this? Not just on the five, but on other ones." It's like they just they tell the truth. They tell lies as if it's the truth, without There's any hesitation. People. Yeah, the other people roll their eyes at him. Well, I'm wondering I'm wondering if a lot of the Democrats in that congressional house aren't clones. Right. Because they're not making any sense at all. Now, there's a few of them that go off on Fox that are highly motivated to tell the truth and to do something about it. And I'm thinking of this one congresswoman who has been very, I think she might be from Florida. She's been very vocal about the border. And, you know, she's she's virtually screaming. We've got to do something about this. We've got to do something about it. And she's not just pointing the finger at the Democrats. She's pointing it at the finger at both parties. And th- then they were talking about somebody else was screaming about the border. Why won't you do something? Well, I just found out today a little earlier that the, they're in this um, negotiation over the budget. And best of my knowledge, what McCarthy is trying to do is to put a stopgap payment in so that we can get three months out. You know, you're only buying three months of time. But what I found out today is that this stopgap thing that they want to do is tied to funding to close the border. And apparently the Democrats, the the Democrats are now in a very strange position because if they won't pass, see, in my opinion, they're trying to create a uh, default in the government, which might save Joe Biden. Um, But the the concept of of tying this border, fix the border, because, I mean, you, you if you heard Jan, you heard what happened in New York City. That was insane. Because certain Democrats went in front of the Roosevelt Hotel where you get all these immigrants and they're going to tell the people of New York, oh, we got this in hand. And there was a riot in the street by there were because it were it was there. Excuse me. There were illegals there. And I don't know what the illegals were were yelling, but the Americans were yelling, close the border. We can't do this. Close the board. I mean, that was the only message that they were really screaming. And this one guy was uh, screaming more than others. And they got him to talk to the uh, on, you know, the guy, the girl in the street that was there. And he was very articulate. He totally understood what was happening. And he was he was absolutely beside himself. He was so enraged that this was happening because they're they're bringing a hundred. They've got a hundred thousand people that have come to 
New York City, and they don't know what to do with them. So they're taking away schools and school fields to put tents and put them in. And, you know, one of the things that was said in that rally is that you're throwing our kids into the streets so that you can put grown men in their schools. Because the vast majority of people coming over are military-aged men. And now we've got 7.5 of them in the country that we don't know who the, are, they are. You know, and it's it's scary as hell if you want to look at it from the 3D, from a purely military standpoint. This is absolutely, totally nuts. You want to bring down the country. That's all this is all about. So um, the fact that they've got this, uh, you know, reparation to fund, not only fund the closing of the border, but close the border. And you've got an awful lot of Demo- like, like the people in the street, those were Democrats. The vast majority of them were Democrats because New York City is full of Democrats. So you've got the Democrats screaming. Why? Because they're seeing in, in their schools, in their streets. And another weird thing, one of the contentions was that they had these scooters. These illegals had all these little scooters. And they were buying them for $500, and they would be delivered overnight. And they were all over the place. And they're running around the city, breaking laws, no driver's licenses, causing accidents. Uh, and, And one of the questions was, who's paying for these scooters? These are supposed to be people without money. And they were all over the place. So, I mean, it's like... The, and if you look at the polls, the Democrats are leaving the that party uh, in droves. It's all unraveling for them. It's an interesting phenomena. But back to our clones. <laughs> and, you know, another weird thing that's happened in the last week. The people who are coming over right now the vast majority of them are from Africa. I mean, the, the people at the border haven't even seen these people. They don't even know who they are. Where well, they can't call, talk to them in any language. Nobody knows the language. Who's paying for that? I saw that. Was it last night it was on? I saw that and I, I was very surprised because they haven't been talked about before. Well, because they just showed up all of a sudden. Well, why? Thousands. Why of are them. Africans coming here? Because somebody's paying them to come here. Think of it. Okay, it cost you a thousand dollars or more. I'm sure more to fly from Miami to uh, Egypt. Probably three, four thousand dollars, right? So if you've got people in Africa flying to because they have to fly like to Venezuela or someplace before they can come across the border. Do you? I mean, I can't even believe that how much money we're talking about. If you've got thousands of them showing up, who's paying for that? We know that. Soros, on the, Soros on, I'm sure, is part of it, and anybody else who thinks that they can swindle them and get they get more money than us retirees. They get everything handed to them, housing, 
bank accounts, um, food, clothing, allowances, probably all the way up to the next election. You know, they're buying votes. So that's an idea. Then we should leave the country and then come in as immigrant. I know already. <laughs> you yes. could go for it. I could. You got the accent. I yeah. Know. Yes, I was living in some southern co country. <laughs> and I want to go into America and get all the benefits that an immig Im immigration person would get. An immigrant. Uh, Who knows how, how long lived it will be, you know? Exactly. Well, I personally, you know, I mean, if I was a real conspirator person, my feeling is, is that you're taking, you're reaching out and you're saying, come to America. Come through the badlands. Come through a terrible thousand-mile walk with your children. Come to America. Who's the people that are going to do that? The people that are, A, very desperate, or the people, that, or maybe both, very brave. Criminals. For a cha chance, well, or criminals, but for a chance at a new beginning, they would take that, that, let's say, uh, bait, okay? So... Okay, so they went from where they were to America. Where they were did not have 5G. Where they were was not a killed field. They've been drawn to these European nations so that you get the world's population in, the, in a limited space so that you can kill them all. Because what would happen to the rest of the world if everybody in America died? They'd go, oh, shit. And they would be like the human beings that we are. I, I'm not going to let this happen here. But they sure wouldn't have any doubts about what it was all about anymore. But if you bring, bring the ones that are the courageous ones, the ones that have the energy to fight, fight for their lives by going to America or fight for their lives against a very evil group of cabal. You know, those people draw them into the kill zone. So that they're all up here. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, push the button. And everybody not only drops dead, but they just disappear. Just like they did all the bodies in 9-11. No bodies in line 11. Do people know that? They didn't find bodies. They found the bodies that jumped. Well, I don't think they found too many in Hawaii either. Lots of dust. They found lots of dust. Lots of dust. Yeah, about a thousand lost in Hawaii. Same situation. You know, so that's 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 to me, that's their plan. I mean, the the Democrats are thinking, oh, we'll bring on all these people and they'll all vote for us because we gave them all these things. Well, my experience with people, <laughs> the people that have come here, immigrants, because uh, I live in an immigrant city, Miami, uh, they're they're all becoming Republicans and saying, no, we know what that's all about. They think that maybe 50% of the Venezuela population is now in America. Now think of that. That Venezuela a few years ago was had the best economy in the world. And all it took was one stolen election putting in the bad guys. 
and they took everything away from Venezuela. The people are just absolutely desperate. So 50% of that population is over here now. And you want to know what the future is? You talk to somebody that's been in Venezuela and saw it happen there. I was listening to this woman and she was like screaming at America, please wake up. We didn't wake up. We didn't do anything. We let it happen. Please don't do it here. Well, supposedly Argentina's in the same boat. I think Argentina's been in it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm reading what Walt says right. Well, they call, they have places where they call them caves. What was it? Our our buddy uh, from Fox, who, boy, I'm not hitting his name right now. Tucker? Yeah, Tucker. Uh-huh, he went to there and found a cave. They call it a cave, but it was the top floor of a business. Well, they will exchange your American cash for Argentina cash and he basically needed a pocketbook for a hundred dollar bill worth of um, capital exchange. So that's the way Africa is too. Like three million for a loaf of bread. So three million dollars for a loaf of bread. Right, but you got to know that there's tr currency differences on how they value their amount all over the world does it canada does it mexico there's always a currency exchange well, look at uh what do you call it uh korea their their, their currency is called a one w-o-n one and it's a uh, one dollar is a thousand one <laughs> so if you do the math Mm -hmm. and, and and people don't pay a thousand won for especially if they're buying food the amounts are, are very small but very interesting you know a thousand won for one dollar that that gives you an idea you know how expensive a dollar is yeah such menagerie yeah we have um we have a situation here in the, in America where I I think we're going to win. I think we I, I won't say that we've won on some timeline we've won, but we got to make sure that we're on the right timeline. And what I see happening around us right now is desperation in many ways. The I mean, I can't even imagine what this 2024 election is going to be now. Because because be. Biden is not going to be the, the candidate. I well, mean, so they're, they're going to choose another clone? Uh, this well, is yeah, going to be the election of clones, right? Mm -hmm. No, no. <laughs> the, the, the only one who can prop, well... The best pundits out there regarding the situation with the Democrats is that it's they're losing time. They've only got about 30 days before it's almost too late to organize a campaign for somebody. So you've got Robert Kennedy out there and uh, what's her name? Maria, what is her name? The other one running for the Democrat, the woman. You know her, Walt. 
Huh? I'm sorry? Who's the girl, woman running for the Democratic Party? I think you know her. Anyway, it, I don't she's, know. She, she's always Nikki talking. somebody? No, no. This is the Democratic. She was the first one to announce. And she's a goody two-shoes that talks metaphysics. So it's like Williams. Her name's Williams. Miriam Miriam Williamson. She's she's in the in politics. Yes, she's running for the president of the United States on the Democratic ticket. Wow, she she's the one who uh, what do you call it? She wrote that book, the uh, uh, um, Course on Miracles. Really? She yeah. She no, she didn't write that book. No, she well, she didn't write the book, but she keeps mentioning the book. About the course of uh, in miracles, so I don't know whether she was teaching the course or what. But uh, it's I, like I, a fakeness. I uh, course of miracles is poo poo in my world, anyway. I, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, I knew a woman who actually took the whole course of miracles and took the he out and put she in. I was involved with the Course of Miracles, and I'm like going, nah, none of this makes sense to me. Nope. Well, Ani Avedisian is very much into it. In fact, she she teaches the course on it. Congratulations, and, but I don't believe it. Well, okay, that's fine. But I'm I'm of the I'm of the ilk that anything out there has a potentiality for a piece of the puzzle. I don't think there's anything out there that's got the whole puzzle. They and all just turn into arguments. Huh? It all just turns into arguments. Okay, if you say so. From what I've witnessed over three years of time, yeah, was, was, oh. But does it work? At least whatever. No, I've not seen where there was levels of conscious change in realities of walking your talk or talking your walk. There was always a confrontation about one's belief about and against another's belief, but they were still in the course of miracles. So no, it doesn't sound very useful if if all it does is teaches confrontation. I don't know what the course entails, so I have I don't have an opinion. I can't. I'm not educated that's, enough. That's a good. That's a good decision. Right. <laughs> I don't follow any religion of sorts of those natures either, because not even the keys of Enoch, and I like Enoch. Oh come on! You you're telling me you don't believe the keys of Enoch? No, I do. I oh. like the keys of Enoch. By uh, what's his oh, name? Huh? Pertech? Yeah. Yeah. That that book is uh, okay. What she's talking about is a book that was published in '72, and is a big sucker. She's <laughs> at least an inch and a half thick. And um, when I was, I went to a Christmas party, and the girl who was holding the Christmas party, her husband, who I just met that night, kept putting this book in my face, putting this book in my face. He wanted to talk about it. And I, I'm at a party. Well, I don't want to talk about this stuff. I don't have a clue as to what it is. 
But he was such a pain in the ass, I finally took the book and started just looking at, like, the table of contents. And I go through this, and I said to him, for me to understand this, I'd have to live a different life. This is like you'd need a doctorate just to be able to understand what this stuff is all about. And I left the, you know, I guess it wasn't what he wanted me to say. And um, that, but that was the, the episode. Um, so I go through a weird set of learning for the next 25, 30 years. And I'm here in Miami and I've got somebody who was, uh, well, let's put it this way. At the time, she was an impressive psychic. She had been the one, one of the people that had started the psychic hotlines and stuff. And she came to me and she said, I think you need to read this book. And she handed me the same damn book that I had seen in, in 72. So I did. I started reading it. And boy, I'll tell you, there were concepts in there that were way beyond anything I could even get my head wrapped around. But there was something very compelling about the book, and I think it was uh, her text story about how he got it, because he claims that he got abducted and was taught the the information that he put into the book. And so, like I say, even even 30 years later, and I'm I'm looking at this information, and it was still out there. I mean, the book was very popular compared to other metaphysical books. And what happened was that the scientific world, because there was a lot of heavy science in it, the scientific world started paying attention to it. And there was a time there where he was giving talks to different scientific groups. Um, I don't know how long it went on or, you know, who we really talked to, but it was a thing that happened because things that he was said back in 72 were scientifically known, at, you know, 30, 40 years later. But that book, um, I, I, think it's, I think there's a lot of truth in it. But again, anytime you have a book, even the miracles, I met the guy that was like, involved in the actual writing of it. That's why I was so sure Williams was not. And um, I don't even remember. Somebody wanted me to go to lunch with this guy that was, you know, the, the guru in that in the Miami area about the Course in Miracles. And unfortunately, I asked him a few questions, as I seemed to be able to do, that kind of like took the rug right out of his feet. <laughs> So you torpedoed him. I torpedoed him. (laughs) Um, But he was such, he he wimped out so fast, I said, I don't know what he thinks he's got behind this, but, you know, he's not convinced. He's playing a game. He's promoting this, but he's not convinced. And uh, he's supposedly the guru, you know, so I said, oh, it's a moneymaker. That's all it is. But, Ani Avedisian has found a lot of information in there that she actually integrates. And like I say, she teaches classes on it. So when we come back, I want to um, play the the clip that Ani did on Wednesday. Well, she was just doing her show. But as she started out answering this, this, this guy was 
she has a segment of her show and it's it's about questions and answers people send questions into her and she answers it and well i think it's a guy i'm not sure it could have been a girl but i think it was a guy and he was saying that he'd just gotten into metaphysics but he got into a point where he absolutely didn't know what the hell any of it was about and his question was he's basically this is my first question what is the difference between the body and this spirit how how do they integrate what what what's that all about that was his basic question and she proceeded to go into an explanation that i can't quite get out of my head because it it just it's reaching into metaphysical philosophical scientific thought that i i myself have, have played with um what how is this spirit thing what is this spirit thing you know i mean i i'm i pretty got well got a handle on the body type of thing but what is this spirit thing where does it come from where 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 is its origins how do we i mean i had a lot of the questions that he that were implied in his basic question so we're going to play that because it's uh i think it's a very informative clip let's put it that way and it's about 16 minutes long that's all so we're going to do that but we still got three minutes here is there anybody want to say anything more about this cloning That having listened to the videos, it makes me wonder about a lot of the people, a lot of the people that we see on television and we're supposed to take what we see as the real beings. Well, because they're on TV, when I get a feeling of nothing, when I'm looking at people, it makes me wonder, okay, are, are the people I'm seeing on the TV, for instance, are they clones already, or are they actors that they got that got put in there? Because to me, they don't feel human, real. And uh, then I think to myself, well, everybody thinks I'm crazy saying everybody seems to be a clone. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Well, they're so, missing a soul. Isn't that how you're feeling about it? Is they just don't seem human? Yeah, exactly, Mona. That's all I have to say. Well, the other part of it is this vaccination stuff. Oh, my. And the crap that they put into people. In other words, they may not be able to clone everybody, but they can use a lot of the same science to control people. Well, and Russell said the interesting thing about that. Remember the jab that he got in the back of his throat, where that witch jabbed it way into his throat? Right, right. Since then, he has lost... Uh, comes and goes and it's mostly gone his taste he's lost it he's, he's and, and when he does huh? 
he, he's lost his what? Taste. 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 I, oh, taste. I thought you said faith. No. Taste. I'm sorry, it's my no tooth. <laughs> so, um, I wonder if other people have had sensations that they lost from the vaccinations and the jabs of the fear that tests, what they say is a test. Yes. Taste okay. and smell. They're both gone. Yeah, it smell too. Yeah. All right, let's take a break here. And of course, I'm going to play somewhere over the rainbow. An aura geode, a black moonstone, citrine cosmic silver nugget, bracelets, shungite bowls, and much more at the Mystical Wares live auction. Have fun bidding for special items at your price. Mysticalwares.com slash live dash auctions. Let's take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Yes, folks, Mystical Wares is where the Jedi Knights shop when they have their annual field trip to planet Earth. After annihilating battalions of stormtroopers and blowing up the Death Star, they deserve an all-out shopping spree, and their supplier of choice is Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, an oasis of light in an otherwise dark universe. I spoke to Master Yoda the other day and asked him where he buys his shungite. He replied... Tell you I will, and not belabor. Mystical wares. I also pick up spare parts for my light saber. So there you have it, folks. If it's good enough for Master Yoda and the Jedi Elite, it's certainly good enough for the rest of us. Mystical wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. I am Ani, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, my darlings, get involved in local politics, learn to identify the dirty tricks within the matrix, and above all, let the spirit inhabit the human. Scalar energy is demonstrating how good health depends upon balanced and stable human and animal energy fields. Test it out for yourself with a free weekly 12-hour remote session at mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. This is an ongoing program allowing you to pick and choose the scalar energy treatment you want. Thus, you must register weekly for the session presented every Friday. Experience the future of medicine now for the free sessions or sign up for one designed specifically for you. Go to mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. And remember, you must sign up weekly and receive the confirmation email or text confirming the session. Experience the future of medicine now. And welcome back to Say What? It's September 16th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Mona Radler. You guys all back, I'm assuming? Thank you. I love that song. It just makes me feel a little energetic. But it's also like, you know, that's where we're going. We're going somewhere over the rainbow. We yep. might talk, we might talk about a lot of, you know, crazy ass clones and bullshit stuff, but we're going to the other side of the rainbow where 
none of this is going to be of import. You know? Um, okay, so maybe the way to get there is to listen to what Ani has to say. Is there something anybody wants to talk about? Because otherwise, I'm going to play Ani Avedisian from the Metaphysical Martini from September 13th. And hey, you- Ani. Huh? Play Ani. Play Ani. Ani Avedisian. Um, she, 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 the show that went before Jan's show is the in the last half hours where she actually says this, but this is a clip. And unless somebody wants to say something, I'm just going to play it. Anybody? No. Okay. Yes. Okay. Duality is the idea that we are somehow separate from our true nature when we experience life in a physical form. The idea that the divine becomes something outside ourselves once we take on the flesh form. But it is our divine soul inside that flesh form that makes the flesh function. So the idea of separation from source does not make sense. It's true that our flesh bodies have ancestral coding, maternal, paternal, cultural coding, social conditioning, social coding, medical coding, and so on. So yes, the soul does have to filter through that. And it could give us the impression that we are separate beings, but we are not. All that's happened is that our souls have taken on a human form and each human has a unique personality. And that's what makes life so colorful. We are all individualized manifestations of source energy. Once we figure out what we truly are, our personalities do indeed become joyful extensions of cosmic energy, blah, blah. (laughs) And once we figure out what we truly are, and we figure out that we have multiple incarnations, each playing a different role, we begin to understand why we play the game of life. And we begin to enjoy each carnation as cosmic space adventurers. Now you asked, what does the phrase, the body is a learning tool for the mind actually mean? If the mind is all powerful, why do humans get sick and die? How do we avoid getting sick? How do we avoid death? You said there's a million and one books on how to live a functional life and billions of people living in personal misery. There's a missing link. You are quite right. I I love the way that you phrased that. The mind drives our life experience. If we are right-minded, in other words, if we run our minds in alignment with the divine, we become cool and calm and objective, highly intuitive, and we have that sense of serenity. And if we let the media and the propagandists run our minds, we become anxious, paranoid, closed-minded and unruly. And this blocks creativity, and without creativity, there is no growth. And without room for growth, we become morons. Can we stop our bodies from getting sick? I mean, they're organic, biological units. Well, I believe that a self-actualized person can do that. In fact, it is the natural order of things. If our personal vibration is divinely aligned, It buzzes higher than the diseases of the realm, and we will either never get sick or when presented with a new contagion or other medical challenge, our immune systems, if they're not effed up from vaccinations, fake or real, will rise to the challenge and will sort things out for us in double quick time. When we do get sick, 
we need to treat it as part of the experience we're having and not as a failure. Because, you know, I, I, it's common. I hear this a lot. It's common with people new to new age concepts. Oh, my God, I, I got sick. I'm failing. No. The trick is to accept illness as a temporary process, but also know that our bodies are not real. Only source is real. Remember, in metaphysics, only source is real. So the only part of us that is sick is the flesh part, which is the body, which is an illusion, part of the dreamscape of physical life. It is true that everything physical is a side effect of the thought process. That's how universes were created from our thoughts. We thought everything into our experience. We think everything into our experience. We think illness into our experience. So we can think it gone. These concepts, while really simple when you approach it from the higher vantage point, are not easy to grasp if you have a mind that's been ego programmed and everybody on this planet has an ego programmed mind to some extent. To understand these concepts, we require time spent in quietude, in prayerful contemplation. Ask yourself this. Do I really believe my soul is part of source? If you answered yes, then you have all the power you need to overcome any illness, any situation. We humans have not yet learned how to process our emotions properly. We internalize instead of processing. Every internalized issue floats about somewhere in the aura, and if it's not dealt with, it will take up residence in the body, and that creates a potential for illness. The trick is to accept the illness as something that is happening in your experience, but without identifying with it. Well, how is that done? That's ridiculous. When you're crying out in pain, or whatever form the illness takes. How are you? I'm not going to identify with it. Well, I'll tell you, because it's too simple a concept for most people to grasp. But if you want permanent healing, the path to self-actualization is the only way, the only path that will take you there. While you're lying there, moaning and groaning, as I was last week when my hips were out, and feeling sorry for yourself, you have to breathe deeply and affirm your perfection. You can say I am as perfect as the moment of my creation. You can say I am as God created me. These words are true words. They are sacred words. They are powerful words because they state the truth, which is that we are at our core creations of source I am. And when we affirm this, our bodies refresh the original templates of optimal health for humankind. The original programming will kick in and kick butt, and it will restore you to grace to perfect health. Interesting thought. People ask me to pray for them, which I'm very happy to do, or for their loved ones. And typically they'll send me a detailed list of all the physical ailments. I mean, fair enough. but. This is what I mean by us being overly attached to our form. It doesn't matter what the illness is. It could be chronic cold feet or cancer. It's due to a misalignment. 
When we become ill, we are not properly aligned at that moment with our divinity. So why would we pray to God to heal, for example, Jim's broken foot or Jane's ovarian cyst? Because we know that the body and the physical realms are illusions. So why are we asking God to heal an illusion? Doesn't God know that Jim has a broken foot? Doesn't God know that Jane has an ovarian cyst? Of course God knows. So what are we praying for? Is God sitting up there going, well, you guys, I need another 20 people to call in with prayers for Jim and for Jane, or I'm just going to leave them both to their agony. No, God is not some sort of capricious weirdo. God is the greater part of us. So in addition to why are we praying, who exactly are we praying to? Now, there's a thought. Mm. As the fourth dimension laps at our shores, I would like us to see it kicked up a notch. I'd like to see the way that we contemplate the nature of existence kicked up a notch. I really want us to think, what does it mean to be a God in a bod? God is the greater part of us, but not something outside of us. So when we pray, are we praying as poor, miserable sinners, unworthy of the presence, but begging for a scrap of grace? Or are we praying as part of God, having an internal dialogue with all that is, as an equal, as a powerful extension of cosmic energy? And we're often told, let go and let God. Well, what does that mean? I mean, it could mean that after you pray, be at peace and know that God will handle your affairs for you. And that gives us great relief. But is it effective? It is effective, in my experience, when you pray as part of the divine. You don't pray to God. You pray with God. And if you can hold this concept, pray as God. Now, that's power. And how can we magnify the glory of God? unless we accept we are a part of it. Are you praying as a, you know, to a third party and hoping it gets done? Or are you sharing your thoughts with your cosmic tribe, knowing that you are a brilliant point of light in God's universe and worthy of all you desire? It sounds like a subtle shift. Stand in front of the mirror and say, I am God in a bod. I own my divinity. You'd be surprised how many people's self-worth or lack thereof will not allow them to do that. But I want you all to go up, get a martini if you need it. Have a little martini and stand in front of the mirror and say, I am God in the bod. All the power of the universe is mine. Then it really changes how you feel. It really changes you in ways that you don't really have words for. And if you want to pray for another, well, it's not God you're trying to reach. Why pray to God? I mean, stay with me here. I mean, instead of God, you know, so-and-so has broken their leg. Yeah, yeah, we've already discussed that. God knows all, all that. God knows all about that. So what do we do then? How can we feel useful? Well, instead of praying to God, oh, God, please help so-and-so, just refresh the divine template of the person you wish to affect the change in. Hold an immaculate concept. 
You are as God created you. See that person in their aura, brilliant white aura, and say nine times. It takes about a minute. You are as perfect as the moment of your creation. Affirm it, mean it, feel it. Give it all the meaning that it has for those nine sayings, for that one minute that you're holding that immaculate concept. And then knowing that you have connected, knowing that it is done, let go. Then let go and let God. All sense of separation is the domain of ego programming, the corruption of our ego, which is our character. Um, you know, ego, ego is a sense of self. It later came to be identified with conceit. And we got terms such as ego trip, etc. But up until that time, it just meant the self, our earth identity. There's nothing wrong with having an ego. It's whether your ego is corrupted, whether you have a divine cosmic. If you think that you're a cosmic being having a human experience, that's great. But if you feel that you're this human and that's the most part of you and that you somehow have to jump through hoops to find a god, that is ego programming and you are very confused. So let's do that exercise. If you are a self-actualization wannabe as we all are, pretend you are God. Take nine deep breaths and acknowledge your divine nature. And now instead of asking God for whatever, assume you are fully merged with God and say, I am as God created me. And then the attitude changes, doesn't it? It, it goes to Jim, my love heals your fear-based thoughts around your broken foot. I affirm the perfection of your creation. Big shift in power there from a very subtle shift in perspective. As for mortal death, um, you know, darling, there comes a time when it really is time to move on. Um, <laughs> who wants to live a thousand years? You know, you don't, you don't really want that. You want another planet. You want another adventure. You want to do something other than get up, eat, drink, poop. And, you know, after a thousand years, it gets a bit old. So I fully expect us to have a lifespan of 100, 120 years easy in another 50, 60 years time from now. Um, but what is death? You die, your mortal body dies, and then you just go poof, and you're somewhere else. It's eternal. It's exciting. I will tell you, as much as I enjoy being on Avedician, um, when my time comes to go to heaven and uh, take a look at my life review and be something else, I'll be very happy. There's nothing wrong with Arnie Abedician, but I don't think I want to be her for, for that long. <laughs> you know, when there's, a, there's um, a couple of little choice passages in Achim, if I can remember them. Um, the body exists in a world that seems to contain two voices fighting for its possession. And what that means is the corrupted ego, the programmed ego, wants us to identify with the body and only with things physical. I think this is worth stating again. The ego wants to make this world the only world, because if we investigate and accept our true nature, we will see the physical world for what it is, a playground we co-created, um, you know, in the arena of the game of life, over which we have a significant levels of control. We can think things in and out of our life experience if only we think of ourselves as gods and not as peons. Something else from the course, um, sickness is a way of demonstrating that you can be hurt. 
it is a witness to your frailty, your vulnerability, and your extreme need to depend on external guidance. Right there is the voice saying, stop thinking of God as something outside yourself. Accept Godhood for yourself and see how quickly concern for bodily issues will fall away. It also says the ego uses this as its best argument for your need to its guidance. It dictates endless prescriptions for avoiding catastrophic outcomes. The corrupted ego will keep our little brains going in circles 24-7 and all for no reason other than to keep us discovering what we truly are. Unlimited, eternal, all-powerful. It makes a great deal of noise, doesn't it, the false ego, for something that doesn't exist. What is real? Pure source energy. And God does not want or need to be worshipped. God is not a person with ego programming. God does not want to rule over us. What God wants, in my ever so humble opinion, is for each of us to self-realize and walk together as equals, to bring light to the dark places. And it starts with making time each and every day to explore the glory that is our true nature. Human race. Honey Avedisi and Metaphysical Martini, every other, well, actually every Wednesday at seven to eight, but on the every other Wednesday, I play a replay of her originals. So, um, what do you think? Hey, Walter, let, let me ask you, what, what, what are you thinking about that? I agree with Irma. Brilliant clip. Yeah, it is. Isn't she, it? Could, she couldn't say it better and simpler. Very few words, but tons of content. But it's hard to say the nine times and remember what you were trying oh, to say. Oh, listen to that. Is that is, is that Mona saying, but? Is that Mona? Well, I've listened to it three different <laughs> times. And every time she comes up with the ingredients on how to try to say, I welcome you myself, God, and that you, you know, it just... For some reason, it explodes in my mind. I can only get to four times saying it. And then it just completely goes out of my mind and I can't refind it. It's weird. But I, I believe uh, uh, everything. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't sound any more complicated than the EFT, which is simplicity itself. And, and, you, and you repeated it with every point in your body that you touch. So I, I don't know why, why you've. Because her ego is fighting her. Ah. Uh, that makes sense. But which, yeah, right. But I've known <laughs> all this stuff. I've lived by this stuff, so it doesn't but make the sense. Ego, the ego keeps fighting you. You've got a, you got a real strong ego there, girl. You might not think so, but you do. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's what impresses me about you. <laughs> <laughs> you you know you come from a place of knowing, and and the knowing is that. Is, is the problem. Okay, okay. And, and I'm saying this because I, I ran into the same problem, okay, this concept of trying to repeat the same thing and keeping focused on it. It's like all of a sudden I'll be off on something and I'll go like, what was I doing? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I was doing that. It's like, it, it's, it's like you get this voice in your head that says, 
don't do that. Come over here. <laughs> Pay attention to me. And so, yes, I agree with you totally that, that it's something, it's a phenomena that happens. But that's what we need to fight down. That's what we need to, we need to say. Go sit there. Go go sit in the corner. I'll be with you in a minute. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have to write it down so I can read it. <laughs> that's That's fine, too. That is absolutely fine. I've done it myself. I mean, the, well, the, 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 and Walt is really, you know, if we sit, step back and take the overview as, as Ani's suggesting, we just had a, a whole introduction, well, you know, some of us had an introduction, some of us a reintroduction to the concept of the EMT, uh, EFT tapping. And yeah. what, are, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with the first most pure representation of our cosmic electromagnetic blueprint of who we are because it's working on the meridian systems this is just pure in my my opinion science all right but this takes it a, a, a bit further because you're saying even beyond the meridians see this is and i did a lot of thought about this but it's like okay, so but where 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 is does my creation start? Because we had that that concept of you know our birth dates that everybody thinks that the birth date is where the astrological signs and everything start to kick in. And Walt pointed out because of somebody's research that no, it's when you were conceived. But is it sexually the con conception, or is it the the conception of God, our God creation. Well, wouldn't see, they all be in the same? No, 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 not at all. Okay, because when you're in the, because remember, this lifetime is only one lifetime of many, right, many, many, right. many times. So somewhere in the deep annals of whatever time and space, God, it, this is my my interpretation of what is. The God, okay, it goes back to the to the saying, you know, um, you, you you say Mother God, Father God, all that is, and I always had a, a a real interest in what does this really mean, Mother God, Father God, all that is, and it's the all that is. I think that the source of creation is around us at all times. Right. We talk. We talk about electromagnetic. We talk about ozone. We talk about uh, orgon. We talk about all sorts of different aspects of the environment we're in. But I felt from the get-go that we were missing something, and that missing link is cosmic energy. And going through the listening to this, I think I listened to it already. This is probably my fifth time to listening to it. Um, I came to the realization that no, when 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 you're thinking in terms of your creation, you should think back to the moment that you were created out of the God force, not whatever happens after that, because that's your perfect form. If you just wait until the conception, the sexual conception, we know from Anastasi Walt that if that conception isn't done into in an energy of love then that person coming in is already screwed up. Yeah. Spark, yeah. You know, so we have to think in terms of 
you know, this this cosmic energy that it's all powerful. It, it It's everything that is, is this all that is. That's why it's called all that is. We are part of that all that the all that is. We're a part, a parcel, a, a photon of, of of that energy that starts us out. That has a a blueprint that came from the source energy. In other words, I think when it when it started out, it probably created creator gods, angels, angels to protect the experience because and. The, the, the idea is is that if you start to experience manifestation at the God level, there's a danger inherent in it that at some point everything you created denies you exist. And they, de- they have the power that you have in some total. And poof, you could just disappear and so wouldn't they. It's a catch-22 to manifestation at that level in my opinion. So if God is anywhere near as smart as I am, then you know, oh, we better put something in in play that protects that from happening. And that's why I think that the first level of uh, of creation. Well, that's was, how they. Well, if you remember, that's how they misinterpreted Jesus in the when they when they quote passages from the Bible, they. Like when they were judging him, and they were and and they were uh, what do you call it? They were doing the the jury trial on him. He, they would uh, they were uh, angry because he kept saying, "Me and my father are one." And he they thought that he kept saying that I am God. He didn't. He never said I am God. He said, "Me and my father, we are one. We are inseparable." But they didn't see that. They didn't see that. They, they thought he was saying, oh, I am God. I am. So I, I command everything. I ruled over. No, that's not what he said at all. <laughs> so it's very slight, but that's a lot of people make that mistake. He, he never said he was God. He was. He said he was one with God. So between him and God, there's no separation. Which is the point that uh, Annie brought to uh the main point of Danny of uh, Annie's discourse. Yeah, can you imagine a, a Christian priest or let's say a Catholic priest, you know, that gets up there and says to the congregation, guess what? You don't need me because you, <laughs> you guys are wrong. You don't need this big fancy building. <laughs> You're all particles of God. All you have to do is do like Dolly does, talk to God. Yeah. Now, God, God in Dolly's mind, and she can explain it, may not be the God that I see. Okay, because I see this all that is to be basically just the cosmic energy of creation that created everything, including God. Now, where that came from, I don't know. I wouldn't even venture a guess. But... In, in in Dolly, I want you to, to explain your version because you're always talking about talking to God. Do you see some guy with a white beard on a throne or do you feel that it might be something integral to your own beingness? Uh, none of the above. Okay. When I talk to my God, my creator, 
that's the way I think of him. He is my creator who I've been with since before my lifetime on Earth right now. I've been with him forever. Uh, and I just, I feel, I don't know if I can do this right. I feel that I don't see him as a white-haired old man. I see him as a spirit. It's just a, a spirit, and he can turn into whoever or whatever he wants to. Because he is a spirit. And uh, I feel that I am part of his being, part of his energy being, because he wants <laughs> me to come to Earth and live separately with from him, but yet we are connected. You know, this probably doesn't make sense to you, yeah, because it's out of my yeah, weird mind. It sounds just like what what, what Yanni was saying. Well, that's what I believe, too. But see, she said it in words I didn't quite understand. She lost me. I fell into a deep hole and somebody started throwing dirt on me. That's how lost I was. Um, but you wanted me to explain how I feel about it. That's how I feel. So when I am talking to God, um, like right now, God, I really thank you that we can have this discussion with a whole bunches of people listening and, and uh, thinking about their thoughts. I think it's kind of interesting, informative, and in a way we can share ourselves with each other. And uh, thanks, God. We'll talk later. Um, but I feel he's my friend. He's my creator. He's my friend. Yes. I am part of him because that's the way he wanted it. And um, when when I get to what I say is go home, I get to get off this planet Earth and go to a different place where I don't remember where it is or what it is. But when I think of going home, I could cry because of happiness. I feel peace. I feel wonder. I feel answers are are given to me. Like now, I feel now I feel all those feelings, and and I I get this I get a sense of what home looks like. Um. There's mountains, there's there's a lot of what I would say is beams, which are what I believe is souls that are spirit. Um and they're they're doing their own little jobs where home is, yet they don't have to be tied to these jobs because there's so many at home that they can step in 
that particular job because there's so many of them and we're all cross-trained in everything. We know, we know, I would say 99% of the things that is to be known. Um, but that's how I think of my God and my home when I go home. I don't want to stay on Earth forever. Oh, good heavens. There's so many places out there to see. I want to go see all these different places. I want to be part of them for a little while. Not not 100 years. Like Bonnie says, I don't want to be here 100 years. No. There's too many places to see. Too much to do. Too much to learn. Too much to feel. Too much to give. That's how I feel. I'm done. Sounds reasonable to me. How about you, Mona? What's your opinion? It's all equal. I know that I am my manifester, and I know where the energies come from. And if you want to call it God, fine. You want to call it Source, fine. Because we really can't describe it, because it just is. And that's the unconditional love of existence. And that's part of the energies that manifest the transgression. So that's why I wonder why the hell I'm going through what I'm going through. Who knocked me off my pedestal? (laughs) (laughs) Makes me want to laugh, Mona. Well, you're allowed because it's true. I mean... There's a, there's, a deeper, there's a deeper thing going on here because my conscious yeah, yeah. mind and my subconscious mind, they work fine together. But something else is infringing upon this, making this happen. And it pisses me off because I don't deserve it. <laughs> well, maybe somewhere along the way, um, it was decided Maybe even you decided it by yourself that you wanted to experience that at this particular time. That's at all probable. I cannot confirm or deny mm-hmm. at all. But I also see and know the conditions of the material, and I shouldn't hang on to it like I could or do or respond to. And that could be part of it too. My body could be. Reacting to the way I'm knowing what's going on around me. And I'm not happy about it. It doesn't make me feel good. But I can get through it. But it's still. And I think I'm comfortable. Well, I don't want the earth to be going through what it's going through. I don't want the humans to have to deal with the things that have been so much deceived upon them. I mean, it's it's more or less maybe I'm really just sad for the whole conditions of what this beautiful Eden was. And I don't appreciate what I know now. I don't mean the metaphysical and the psychic kind of thingies. I mean, just the if I really look at the 3D material physical, we're fucked. And that's, that's the way I feel about it. And I apologize, but not really. Well, see, that's where I have Dave, where he comes in. He's told me it's okay. 
everything is okay. It's something, what we're going through now is what we need to go through at this time. He can't tell me why, but he tells me, okay, you're going to be, you are okay. You're going to be okay. You have been okay all along. Don't get in what the deep state calls. I tell myself that. Right. Yeah. I tell myself that. I, I have no problem with that, but that still doesn't mean I'm not having some kind of reaction about it all. Absolutely. It's part of it. Reactions. So we have to go through hell to learn to see what real heaven's all about. I guess so, Mona. See, I absolutely, I absolutely think that's not true. Absolutely. It was like the last show that we had with Christia coming slack. She sounded sick. She admitted it. And I said to her, I said, Christia, this doesn't make sense to me. This isn't something you should be going through. And she said, yes, I realized that. She said, I felt that I wouldn't understand suffering unless I suffered. She said, but I've got it on. I've got it under control now. And, you know, 10 days later, she was dead. Whoa. So, to me, it's like, you can make those decisions if you want, that you need to suffer to understand it. But for heaven's sakes, don't you think maybe you've suffered in other personalities that you know what it is? That's why you can understand it and you have so much empathy for it. You've already been there, done that. You don't have to do this again. That's your ego programming. That's that's all those people that have said to anybody out there, oh, you're crazy, or you're not, you're, you, you, you got original sin. You have original, you're a sinner. Right. <laughs> you know, they have put this on us. And in fact, what the message should be is from the priest, you don't need me, you don't need this church. All you need to do is reach out to your own essence that is the essence of God. That you and God are one. Just what Jesus said. Walter. Yes. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I, I think everyone is, is right because uh, God is having uh, the experience of being Mona Radler, and God is having the experience of being Dolly Howard. And God is having the experience of Nancy Hopkins. What an so awesome that, experience that is. Well, I know. It's amazing. It's, it, he's having, you know, countless experiences, and they're all valid. They're all significant. They're all teaching something, because that's one concept that I I, I remember learning from the <laughs> Yogananda's uh, lectures, is that even God is learning. God isn't done learning people people say oh god is absolute knows everything there is to that would be a very poor existence if you know everything there is to know um, so well, why 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 are you doing anything at all why are you creating yeah. universes if you already know everything there is to know we're by living by experiencing god is learning and god is uh, discovering things that didn't know it could could be possible 
So that's why when we when we look at, uh, for example, uh, Alex Collier, who tells us stories of, you know, from the extraterrestrials, and it, it, it kind of reminds me of that because he talks about the Andromedans and the, this group and that group, and these groups, I mean, they have incredible lifetimes because like they have longevities like some groups live 2000 years others group live 5000 years and with all this living and all the and all this technology that they have they're still going at it learning because they there's so much that they don't know they're actually they're actually focused on the fact that they don't know and, and for example the andromedans they don't have religion they don't have priests because they consider their their religion is each of them. They each has their own unique way of interacting with source. So their religion is themselves, their essence. That's that's why they don't have temples and they don't have churches and they don't have any group meditations. No, because each one is is unique and and nobody nobody knows nobody is like anybody else. Each one is unique in their way, so they are also unique in the way that they approach the source. So if with all their, their living and doing and everything, they're still looking to learn more about, so, so there's no way that God can know everything there is to know because he's still making new things. So how can he know everything if he's not done making stuff, right? <laughs> it's all entertainment. It's, it's all... That's it. the beauty of creation. Well, if, if, if you take out the concept of time and they say that God knows everything. Yes, God knows everything. At some point, God knows everything because God has manifested every conceivable path that you can take to understand and experience life. But I don't see that happening for a very long time. Because I think that God is actually the reflection of what we think God is. God gave up particles of itself. The all that is gave up particles, cosmic particles, to create all these different versions of life. And because each person is going through this, I mean, I can imagine in the beginning it was like, oh my God, I just ate this apple. It's so unbelievable. You know, and everybody is like tasting the apple. Oh, my God, that's wonderful. Yes, and God is understanding, whoa, apples are fun. Right? And now, you know, millenniums into this game that we've been playing of creation, you've got people who have completely lost their connection to the God essence. And therefore, everybody else that is a reflection of God. It's like a, a two, you know, a mirror that keeps going back and forth and back and forth. It's like... If we believe God is good, then God becomes very good. If we believe that God does not exist, well, God gets very weak. So it's a matter of each individual looking at what, what the scenario is in front of us. Well, you also remind me of uh, this, this discussion I had with my mom that is like so, so many people, because she, has, she suffered a lot from her parents because... They get the programming her that she had to be perfect, and I said that's that's an impossible thing. How can anything or anyone be perfect? That's an impossible thing, and and because you're not perfect, you keep getting punished for not being perfect. And I thought, think of it this way: 
they tell us that God is everything, right? Absolutely. It, it's, it's everything is God. So that means that God cannot be perfect. Because if you make God perfect, you have to separate that which is perfect from that which is imperfect. Well, so if you make God perfect, then God is a, it's an incomplete God. It's, it's, on, it's not all of God. It's only part of God, the perfect part. I think we're looking at this in different <laughs> ways because we see, okay, when somebody says God, do you like Nancy asked Dolly, do you see a man sitting in a chair with a white beard? Or do you just see the living life existence of the essence of God? Because there is so many different realms and perspectives that nobody sees God the same. And to feel, to know, to comprehend, the essence is within us. So we are such as gods. It's not easy for people because there has been so much shame, so much, I mean, dialogue that, no, I'm stronger. No, you don't know. Kind, You know, conditionings. And well, it's all been the, the kingdom of the ego, you know, trying to make it self uh more important than anything else, which which is not, <laughs> but that's something else. Well, what I was, what, what I was trying to say <laughs> was that we just listened to the we had a fir- the hour on, the first hour was on clones, all right, and look at the clone. Dolly Dolly's mentioned it that she can look at these people and know that there's no life essence in them. Right. All right. Okay, so they want to control your body and your electromagnetic frequencies to the point that you cannot maintain anchoring in the the spirit, the soul, the cosmic power of God. Right. Okay, now something that I've come to while I was contemplating this whole question is, okay, if God is everything, then God is all around me. And as 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 soon as I did that i honestly and this is this this is the god's truth as soon as i realized that god was all around me that's when i i I detected an energy that was all around me and it was not electromagnetic i know these other energies i did go to to oregon i said is this oregon and i went no it's not it's something beyond oregon and so I just like kind of like got very quiet and just felt the energies and the energies I can feel them now. The energies are tingling on and it's following the meridian. It's absolutely following the meridian system. And it's tingling and it's like joyful and loving and full of just unending potential. Nice. Can you smell it too, Nancy? It's like roses. Oh, I was smelling roses earlier. Without roses around me. That was the smell of uh, Yogananda's body when he died. The wrong well, smell I'm of not, roses. <laughs> not, no, I, I have to, I have to put, put a caveat on this. It, you asked me, did I smell it? Yes, I smell something, but it's not exactly roses. It, but the, the picture that came into my head was roses, red roses. Because that's the closest essence to this unbelievable cosmic smell. And 
I mean, you can taste it. Everything about it's just amazing. And I, I mean, right now I'm sitting in it. I'm aware of it. I can feel it. It's inside me. It's it is me. It's outside of me. Sweet. But I have to admit that that I I'm not holding that image. It's like I'll go around. Yesterday when I finally when it all clicked in and I said that, well. If I'm right, then the cosmic energy is all around me. As soon as I said that and had that image in my head and could feel it, I would say that the rest of the day, six, eight hours, I went to sleep. When I woke up this morning, I was very aware that I did not feel it. But I did not initiate it again until we were talking right now. Mm. So I'm just giving you my experience, and I'm hoping that what I'm what I'm experiencing, you guys can experience because it's such a feeling of belonging. And, and, and you, you don't you don't look at the people around you as being anything except versions of yourself. So you you know so so Walt's telling me something. I'm not seeing Walt tell me that. I'm saying I'm I feel like I'm getting a message from the cosmos mm-hmm. because if Walt is thinking that that's going into the cosmos. Exactly. So I think I think that, that, that one of the let's say the pillars of this new reality is that we begin to listen to one another. Well, this is the course of neurology. Forget about the course of miracles. This is a course of neurology. Correct. When energy is a living thing because energy is alive and awake. And that's what we have to realize. For the longest time, we use energy, but we didn't know that it's awake and and alive. (laughs) We can speak to it and it can speak back. Oh, doesn't it, though? (laughs) Been doing this a while. And, and, and And it's very interesting because... I don't speak to, when I think of God, I think I, I'm more focused on Gaia, much more focused. If I'm going to have a God conversation, it's Gaia, because she's got a personality. She, I know her very well. We have some lovely conversations. But the concept of God is not an entity on a throne with a beard or any other version of that. It's actually the energy that is everywhere all that is i see a lot of times it's unconditional too because once we think that we choose if it's right or wrong good or bad up or down whatever it takes away the validity of it just being itself a part of it all just like you were saying so yeah i agree totally well when i heard ani's little blip there um it was like a, an answer to what had been happening to me because I've, I've talked about it. I said, I started t- saying that I just wanted to be the best representative of God that I could be. You know, I just felt that, okay, all right, I understand that I am part and parcel of God. And God will become the sum total of what every part and parcel of God thinks God is. So I want to represent in my own life, Nancy Hopkins, 
a representation of what I believe God should become, if not already. And it's someplace, because you know I, th- I, I understand timelines. Everything we talk about is true on some timeline. And, you know, so it really is a self-creation of the universe that we're involved in. Ani goes on in that, that show and she says she just wants people thinking in terms of new dimensions, fourth dimension. Mm-hmm. She's, she's kind of focused on the fourth dimension that she wants to begin people to, to think in terms out, really outside the box of the 3D. So, see, we had an agenda for this show, and I think it was a good agenda. <laughs> I so think I, I the cloning part for a second, and I thought of cancer, because cancer is usually one element that clones itself, and that's where the disease and other things come in at, because it's not real. It shouldn't be a part of the human existence. But we've allowed it, so it has become part of our existence. Go ahead. I think it's parasites. Um, yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah. Dolly, would you like to say adios to everybody? Sure. Adios, everybody. <laughs> we'll be seeing you again. Or We don't see you, but people I do see. But anyway... That's when I'm blessing you for stuff. Um, I just want to say, don't forget love blankets, please. They're very, very important to the universe, to the planet Earth, every living creature and human. Thank you, Walter. Thank you, everybody, for being here with us. It was a very stimulating conversation, and I loved it. I hope we have several more, several more like that. Every show we have. Good night, everybody. And Mona. Later. (laughs) And remember, you can go to Walt's uh, newparadigmtools.net for amazing energy devices. And you can see Mona on freedomslips.net. Right. Org. Org. Dot org. I'm sorry. Every day. Yeah, Monday through Friday, two to four, she's on her own show. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Uh, Be safe. And um, yeah, things to contemplate. Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong.